0: C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. And now, here's Cynthia.
1: Well, good afternoon, and thank you for joining me today. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And I'm very excited about this show today because I do have a guest with me, and this is a, a woman that... Uh, is in the same field as I am. She's a psychotherapist, and I refer to her. And so I really like her, and I'm very um, excited to have her on today because she has written a book. And her name is Wendy Bourne, and she is a licensed psychotherapist. She specializes in training individuals and parents and couples and families to create deep and respectful connections. And so she's been doing this for 33 years. And her 45 years as a mother of two and 21 as a grandmother of three. So she has helped countless parents of adult children learn how to stay close without interfering. So she lives in Phoenix, Arizona, and is happily one mile from her daughter. And so I'm very excited about this topic. Uh, There is not a whole lot, I think, that's written in a way that is uh, very user-friendly, I guess is the best way for me to say it. Some of the things may be a little bit more uh, educational or, or technical to our field. And so I think that Wendy's book is really going to be doing some groundbreaking things for relationships between mothers and adult children. And our culture has changed dramatically. So I have Wendy. You're on the air with me. How are you today? I'm very well. Great to be with you. Well, good. Well, I'm excited about your book. And I was telling everybody just culturally how relevant I think this is now in our day and age, that we have uh, these relationships are changing on so many different levels. And we are having to interact in so many different ways. So Give us a little bit of idea about this book, and you'll you'll probably do better describing it than i did and then maybe you could tell us the impetus of this and how it came about.
2: I'd be happy to well i as you said have been uh, working in this field for uh thirty three years, and um I was pretty certain um up until nine years ago that I had uh, learned most of what I needed to know in order to be able to live a good life myself and and, uh, be able to help people. And then God sent me a teacher, another teacher.
1: (laughs) Oh, yay, don't you (laughs) love that? In the form of
2: my dear daughter, um, who is a very um, sweet-spirited, easy-temperament person, woman, and um, very rarely raises her voice or gets upset about anything. A devout woman. uh, And I thought she and I have always had a great relationship, and um, I think that in some ways we had. But um, when my grandchildren started to be born, uh, looking back, I realized that um, I had very uh, clear ideas about how I thought my daughter should parent her children. Oh, I see. And um, especially my oldest grandson, uh, my daughter, and he lived with us for a period of time um, when uh, she had gotten out of a marriage that turned out to be abusive. Right. And, of course, I was thrilled to have them uh, um, with me and happy to be of service and... Um, but it did give me uh, kind of a misguided view that that I was as much a parent as she was. Right. And although she has always welcomed my um, participation in, in uh, her family, um, ultimately, of course, she's the mom. Right. And um, so Kevin, who is now 21 at the time of this uh, uh, incident, this teaching lesson <laughs> that God sent me, <laughs> was um, 12, and of course, he was becoming a teenager, and we all know how challenging that can be. Yes, yes. And um, so uh, I'll never forget. It was New Year's Day, um, and they were over at, at my house. I do not remember the topic of conversation, um, whatever it was, it was me interfering with my daughter's parenting. Got it. And apparently this had been going on for a long enough period of time that that day, for whatever reason, she she reached a kind of a breaking point and she screamed at me, wow. which she never does. Wow. Um, I think I... I don't even think I'd need my whole hand (laughs) to count the incidents
1: of her screaming
2: at me in our lifetime. Right. Um, Just very
1: out of character.
2: Very much so. And she told me at that time, with her face all red, I can still see it, uh, that if I didn't learn to mind my own business, she wasn't going to let me see my grandson anymore.
1: My goodness.
2: And I still can get a little teary just thinking about that experience. It was so shocking. It was so devastating for me to think about not having him in my life. I don't know whether she actually would have followed through, but she usually doesn't say things she doesn't mean. So I I think she may have. Well, what it did was it it got my attention. Right. Um, and and I uh, found that that God has a way of doing that if we don't uh, if we don't respond to minimal cues, then eventually exactly message gets so loud that we can't ignore it, right. and that's what happened here. Uh, and so I I suggested or maybe she suggested I don't even know that we go see a therapist, um, the two of us, to talk about these issues because I was certain that I had every right to. Uh, At that point, uh, to tell her what I thought she was doing wrong and to, you know, take all of my years of experience and illuminate her.
1: Well, it's uh, always hard when you know (laughs) that your intention, you think your intentions are pure as well.
2: Well, I I thought so. Exactly. You know, looking back at it now, I think that my intentions were ego driven. Yes. Uh, I think that I wanted her to be me. Right. And that wasn't fair to her because she is not me and never has been and never will be and shouldn't have to be.
1: Well, and I think it's also difficult in this, you know, when you're in this field that, that you are around family or you're around friends. And they don't, many, many times they don't really understand how much you are turning off what you see and what you hear and what you know or the, what you think the future ramifications are going to be. And yeah, so it I has a lot to do with, with boundaries that we have to practice. And one of the things that God helped me with years ago That I tell clients all the time is: I just, whenever I see things that are uncomfortable, I just say to myself, "If I saw it, you saw it, God. If I heard it, you heard it. If I care about it, you care about it." Mm -hmm. And then I'm able to just give it to God. Mm -hmm. But you know, that's because of I've been working on this for years. You know, and so you have your
2: practice. Well, and so
1: you have this moment where you're having to do this hard, you know, this big adjustment, this hard reset type of a thing.
2: Yes. And those are very painful. And it was not overnight. Um, It was a process that ultimately led to my book. Uh, So off we went to the therapist. And uh, the therapist, I was certain that the therapist was going to take my side (laughs) and uh, tell uh, Kim that she should be glad to have a mother who knows as much as I know. And And
1: is so helpful. That
2: is so helpful and really cares so much about her family. And. And uh, wants her son to have the you know best life possible and all of that. Instead, the therapist said, "Mom, get out of her business." Wow! Wow! <laughs> thank God she did. Yes. Uh, thank God we got to the right person. Because, right. Uh, if she had sided with me, I would have missed the opportunity to transform uh, not only myself, but my relationship with my daughter. Right. So, um,
1: and, and so many other people now that are going to read this
2: book. Well, yes. Won't that be wonderful yes, if yes. I can help others as well through my journey? Um, that's my hope. That's why I decided to do this. Right. Uh, well, it's not entirely why. I d- really did it to to heal myself and and uh, learn about how to be a good parent to adult to right. adult children. And in the process, uh, realize that um, other people need this information too. That if I didn't know these things, there must be many others who don't.
1: Exactly. So, how did you come about finding them? I mean, I, that's what I was saying when I was introducing this: is that I think there is some literature, but not. Necessarily practical literature, or maybe um, there he- doesn't seem to be a
2: book like mine. Um, yes, there are books, as you mentioned, for clinicians on this on this topic, but not much. The majority right. of literature is written for parents whose children are still at home, and that's, I think, what we think of when we think of parents. We right. think of parents with children, you know, birth to eighteen, or maybe birth to twenty. Um, but what I discovered was that there, there really is not a great deal of literature for the for lay people and I included myself in that category when I was learning this. Uh, right. That uh, is that gives you um, not only um, uh, that gives you inspiration, but also gives you practical things that, that can be applied, as well as kind of um, the spiritual lessons of yes. being. Uh, a parent, you know how to have how to have compassion for ourselves and our children when they don't do what we want them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, how to be how to be in a place of peace and grace when um, when our our dreams for our children die. You right. know when they don't um, they don't. Pick up the ball the way we think they should, or when they they have addiction issues, or when they have uh, when our relationship with them is is not as strong as we might like it to be. Well, um, is that is
1: it, that? I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: Oh, I was just going to say, and you know, things like uh, forgiveness and other kinds of uh, more spiritual topics. I didn't really see anything right. like that. Um, plus, the format of my book is. Different than most. It's kind of like a devotional. Um, it's, uh, there are single page stories, 183 single page stories in this book um, that, that uh, uh, cover many different topics. Uh, the, that format was born out of the fact that I continued to have my full time practice, so I didn't have much time to write which is why this project's taken a yes, while. Yes, yes. But uh, also, um, when I sat down, I couldn't really, uh didn't have much continuity from the last time I wrote, so I just wrote what was on my heart. Sometimes I wrote uh, about a situation that had occurred for me um, over the past week, and sometimes I used stories um, about my clients or my family or my friends, either with their permission or disguised in a way that, um, wouldn 't be harmful to them and, uh, and I developed uh, a specialty in this area through oh. the years um, well, so I've coming asked, up on uh, a,
1: let me let me interject with something here because we 're going to come up on a break in a minute, and so I want you maybe in the next as we go forward we 're going to talk about trust and that issue that spiritual issue of trust with God and our kids so this is Cynthia Hyatt with conversations with Cynthia. Join us in the next segment where with Wendy Bourne. Joining me again this afternoon. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And today I have a special guest, uh, another clinician that I refer to, and I like the work that she does, and she has written a book, and her name is Wendy Bourne. And this book is I th- called I Thought I'd Be Done by Now. And so it's a book of short essays that provide some comfort and challenge and it's inspirational and practical for worried mothers of 20 to 50 year old adult children. So Wendy, we were talking a little bit in the break that you also maybe use some literature because we were talking that there's not very much out there, mainly for clinicians, not really for lay people.
2: Yes, that's true. There's not enough for, for just the regular parent who's struggling with uh, what do I do now? They're, they're supposed to be all grown up. Like someone told me recently, I dotted all my I's, I crossed all my T's, and all my friends did too, and we've got these kids with all these problems. Right. We don't know what happened. We don't know what to do about it, and uh, that's the audience of my book.
1: I love it. Well,
2: There's millions of them. millions yes. of us all over the country, all over the world. I'm sure.
1: Well, because our our culture is changing has changed so radically, and and so, you know, this idea. You know, you talked about some spiritual issues of you know forgiveness and having compassion, and you know, I think this whole idea of letting go that when you have children that you are responsible for, you know, you can worry a lot about them, and you have to trust God a lot with them, and. Am I caring for them appropriately? And, you know, am I going to give them the skills and the tools they need to go out into the world? But by the time you get adult kids, you know, then it's a whole different issue of trusting God because you're so helpless. There's really not a lot you can do other than just being in their life.
2: Absolutely. Learning how to uh, to be a part of their lives, to be with them uh, without interfering is a is very difficult balancing act for most of us, I
1: think. Yes, so you said that it didn't happen overnight. So how long was this process?
2: Um, how long is my life? <laughs> <laughs> it's ongoing.
1: <laughs> so this incident, though, is 10 years ago. Is that right? Nine years Nine ago. Nine years ago. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay.
2: and it's really been a steady uh, steady growth uh, um, uh, climb since then and a, a real journey for me. And it is ongoing. Right. And, uh, last week, in fact, I had a very unpleasant um, unusually unpleasant conversation with my grandson, the same one that started. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) He's now a senior at the U of A. Oh, my goodness. uh, He is uh, considering making a large purchase. uh, I won't go into all the details, but he called to uh, tell me about it, and I was not happy. Um, <laughs> he is uh, has a lot of student loans, and, right? Um, and you know, at twenty one, the uh, the part of our the part of our brain that uh, has to do with reason and judgment isn't even fully isn't nearly fully developed.
1: Right, that uh, prefrontal lobe.
2: That's right. Till twenty five now, they've found out. Wow. So um, so he has a ways to go, and. Uh, <laughs> Yes. and so making impulsive decisions and making poor, poor, poorly thought-out decisions is—he's uh, actually a pretty mature young man. Right. But, uh, so we were having this quite unpleasant communication about this, and after the fact, I—I I knew that I was exhausted. I've been doing a lot of work for my book on behalf of the book, and I just didn't—I shouldn't have even talked to him right. about it right. it just didn't go well. Well, the next day my daughter wrote me a letter and she told me how much she's enjoying reading my book <laughs> and that she had had a conversation with Kevin about the exact same subject and she used one of the <laughs> one of wow. the essays in my book and the conversation went beautifully.
1: That's amazing. <laughs> oh, goodness, that's comforting too.
2: <laughs> yes. So I don't look at it as uh, something that I want to learn and put behind me. I really believe that being a parent is a spiritual journey and that that uh, that, that's one of the reasons why it's such an important thing for most of us to experience because of uh, of all the learning that can take place as well as being able to bring you know more wonderful people into the world who who contribute in positive ways Um, so uh, I uh, I think that I have to continue to be open to To learning continuing to be able to laugh at myself because I do think that uh, there's no question that that humility is part and parcel of being a parent you start out thinking that you're going to be the world's best parent and in time we all have to face that uh, that we have our we have our issues we have our flaws we have our growing edges and that that's an okay thing to be aware of and to accept in ourselves and in fact if we can't accept that Then we'll always be lying to ourselves and to others, and we'll be miserable because of it. Well,
1: it is that self-forgiveness issue, and and you know when you talk about being, you know, humility is really a huge component, maybe the bedrock of being a good parent. And we have this great example with God and how humble He is with us as His children. And you know, we have a great role model that we obviously are never going to aspire to, but we at least get some good reference points from God and that he has that long suffering and that endurance and that perseverance and that humility to keep pursuing relationship with us yeah. and knowing how to, you know, also, uh, you know, uh, honor and respect our own free will. Mm-hmm. And so it is a, it is a difficult combination to try to do that. And there's, you know, that whole forgiveness of self when we have to look back and say, you know, wow, coulda, shoulda, woulda. And and realizing that I, I did the best I could with what I had, and all I can do is get better and, you know, continue to be a healthier person so I bring more health to the relationship.
2: Absolutely, and I, I do see that uh, in every mother that I've worked with, and I would say most fathers too, um, there's so much guilt. Parents suffer so much because yes. they see their children struggling or their relationships with their children are... Um, and they just feel so terrible about themselves. And I, if I could just give one message to your listeners, it's to be gentle with yourself about about these things that everyone struggles. You know, when we go to uh, a party, people say, uh, so how are your children doing? Right. And almost everybody says, oh, they're doing great. Well, they're not necessarily exactly. doing great. But we have this taboo in our society that says that if our children aren't, aren't uh, launched by the time they're 18, if they aren't doing well, if they aren't, you know, full of direction and, and clarity about their, their purpose for their existence, then we've failed them. And uh, that really, we, can, we have to learn to forgive ourselves, to be gentle with ourselves, to understand that we're all works in progress and, you know, that none of us is meant to be Christ. Exactly.
1: Um, and and can't uh, be we can't be. We can only yeah. allow him to work through us. And I think it's hard because that whole issue of, you know, how are your kids doing? And, you know, if we can't brag about our kids, then we don't want to talk about it. Or we feel like we have to lie or something instead or of giving.
2: conspiracy of silence. Right. I it, just think that it's uh, it's something that must change. And I hope that they'll, that my book might make just a little tiny bit of difference in that way, to give people permission to talk about their struggles, to permission to deal with their struggles, uh, permission to not know everything and to be open to learning.
1: Exactly. And I think that these things like your book and this show that we're doing today really is going to resonate with a lot of adults, with adult children. And it's going to help adults that have younger children to know, you know, I need to be not so hard on myself at this time either because they are going to grow up and they still do have to figure it out and I can do the best that I can. And still, in so many ways, it's God's problem, because they really ultimately belong to God. And so this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. I'm with Wendy Bourne. Join me in the next segment as we talk about parenting adult children. Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And I'm glad that you were here today. I have a special guest. This is Wendy Bourne. And she is a practicing clinician here in the Valley and uh, specializes in relationships and truly helping adults with adult children. And the way that our culture is changing so radically, we have so many adult children that are living at home with their children. And so we have a lot of things and we have kids coming back and we have them leaving. and, And so Wendy has this great book, It's called, I Thought I'd Be Done By Now. So, Wendy, we were talking in the last uh, segment just about this issue of forgiveness, you know, the grief and loss process when our adult children didn't turn out the way we had thought they would or think they should, and then maybe how much guilt and responsibility we take for that.
2: Yeah. That's right. There's, uh, everybody's walking wounded. All parents are, are walking wounded, and and not even acknowledging their wounds, often to themselves, often to others. So um, I was thinking I might read a little essay from my book, one of my short essays.
1: I Uh, think that would be great.
2: Okay. Well, this is called The Myth of All Grown Up. One of our widespread cultural myths is that our mothering job ends when our children reach adulthood. I well remember being involved in a parenting class when my kids were toddlers. All the mothers there were feeling overwhelmed by constant whining and diaper rash. We reassured each other that if we could just hang in there for another 16 years, our jobs would be complete and we could relax. What I didn't know then is that parenting never ends. It just evolves. Therefore, in order for me to remain effective, I must constantly reinvent myself as a parent in order to meet my children's ever-changing developmental needs. Prevailing wisdom used to be that development stopped when a child became an adult. Now psychologists know that the stages of growth continue into old age, so that parenting adult children in their 30s requires a different set of skills than parenting adolescents or even young adults in their early 20s. A corollary of the the myth that our jobs end when our kids reach the legal adult age of 18 is that they will be fully functioning by this time and no longer need us. Our children also buy into this myth of having it all together and often can't admit that they still need our support and at times our guidance. This makes our job as mothers even harder. Lastly, because of the lack of societal compassion, we are given little information or support and often find ourselves parenting in the dark certain that we are the only ones feeling dazed and confused. It's time to shatter the all-grown-up myth. We can shine a light on the challenges that face mothers of adult children and give ourselves permission to keep searching and learning. We can start by admitting that it's sometimes even harder to be an effective parent when our kids are 30 than it was when they were three.
1: I love that. That, I think that is very helpful. Uh, there are so many portions of that that I think would reach so many listeners. And this idea that it just goes back to this whole performance-oriented mentality that we have as Americans, that we are, have to have it all together all the time. And then we look at other people that look like they have it more together, and we think we have to get better than that. And so it's this constant chasing of some aspiration that probably isn't even close to realistic or godly even. And so yeah. I, I think that it's it's helpful when listeners hear this about and see it as a myth, that it is this ever-evolving, changing, developing, growing thing.
2: Yes, and that we have inhuman expectations for ourselves as parents that, uh, that that torture us, that tortures us, those expectations that we should be perfect or our children should be perfect, just keep us in bondage, and that, uh, that it, we can free ourselves from that bondage and see ourselves as beloved and trying hard and imperfectly imperfect and flawed and acceptable in God's light always
1: Exactly Well and I think that that um we're coming up to another break pretty quick but I want to just talk a little bit in the next in the next segment as well about maybe how you helped or you know what you did with your your spiritual relationship with your you know emotional relationship with yourself as to alleviating that guilt of i i they're not doing what i need them to do or they're not measuring up or i'm failing now as an adult to have an adult relationship and that that feeling that we take so much uh, responsibility and then we get so much sometimes identity out of how our kids are living and how their lives are as to a reflection of ourselves and, and continue, even as adults, taking responsibility for their lives.
2: We sure do.
1: So we're going to kind of, I'm also going to encourage you to read another segment, I, another portion of the book, because I, I really like these. They're, they're short. I think they're very manageable for people. And so I'm looking forward to that. And so this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk to Wendy Bourne about parenting adult children. Welcome back. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And joining me today is a fellow practitioner here in the Valley. And her name is Wendy Bourne. And she specializes in relationship with adults and adult children. And that's, she's written a book about this. And it is called, I Thought I'd Be Done By Now. So I'm excited to have her. And um, I think she's got some great information and insight and healing as well for all of us when it comes to parenting children when they are adults as well. So, Wendy, we were kind of leaving off at this whole idea of the amount of guilt and responsibility that parents take for their adult children all the way till they're 80 and how much sometimes, maybe it's that codependency type of thing that we get some identity from how well our kids are doing. And if they're not doing well, then we feel bad about ourselves. So speak a little bit about that as you went through this journey.
2: I do think that is probably one of the most profound awarenesses that I've developed uh, through my learning journey, uh, is that um, much of our anguish that we have as parents uh, is caused by our own need for our children to, be, to reflect well on us. Right. That, um, you know, we, we want um, our children to make us feel better by doing those things that we think will make us feel better right. about ourselves as parents Will allow us to to be proud of them and, and talk about them with our friends and, and colleagues in ways that uh, that that people will look at us and say, "Wow, what terrific parent you are!" Right. And um, you know, being able to allow our children to be who they are, um, even if they are choosing self-destructive paths, uh, that is extremely difficult work. And it really is uh, deeply spiritual work, because it it has it requires us to uh first of all accept that they are still children of God, regardless of how they're living their lives, whether we approve of how they're living their lives um and that that really we have to place them in god's hands we exactly. cannot control them we cannot and if we try to control them through our disapproval, through our actions, through whatever means we might use, that um, that, that approach um, is going to backfire at best.
1: Well, and, and, uh, and it's not even godly. He doesn't even do that.
2: That's right, exactly.
1: But there is that compulsion to rush in if you see a fire and put it out. Yes. And so it's hard to allow for the process. Yes, yes. And to let them walk it out. And, and so, you know, it's this idea that, I can't take full responsibility, either for good things or for destructive things or or failures that my children are having, because it truly is still their decision and it's their life. Yeah. And so, just like I tell, you know, anyone that's working through their own issues, if they have issues with their parents and they didn't get good parenting, I say, you know, that's it. It's understandable. You know, that's it's important information for us, but you still have to play the hand you're dealt. And so, I say to parents of children, I say, you know even if you did not do great or perfect parenting it still is up to that child to also do their life it's their life
2: that's right it's their path now yes
1: yes and that's tough to to tough. sit back and 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 the guilt you know and the the need for self forgiveness is huge
2: so the the need for self forgiveness is essential in order to have peace and the the my entire my total book cover is uh, our uh, book title is Uh, hope and healing for uh, mothers of adult children searching for peace that's the subtitle oh
1: that's awesome okay
2: and that's exactly uh and i have a picture of a path on the book cover because it is a path it is a journey for us to to search for peace so that regardless of how our kids are doing or how our relationships with our kids are that we can live our best lives we can still live our best lives we can we can um, focus on what, where we can make a difference, we can focus on our own growth, our own healing, and that requires us often to let go of our dreams for our children, whatever those dreams might be
1: well um, i think I do think that's the key because when I talk to adults you know and, and if I, many times I go and I speak to um, seniors as well, because they're certainly the great forgotten group. and one of the things I say to these grandparents, you know when they're in 60s 70s, eighties As I say, you know, you have to remember that you are still trailblazing for your kids. So even if you can't directly change their life, the more you change yours, the more that you work on your life, the more you continue to set an example that they can see and then follow. Absolutely. So I I don't want to forget. um, Let me just tell the listeners, um, your website is MothersOfAdultChildren.com. That's MothersOfAdultChildren.com. And it's Wendy Bourne, and her last name is spelled B-O-O-R-N, even though it's pronounced Bourne. So you, people can get the book on that website, because I know I, I purchased one last night, I believe, or the Thank night before. Thank you very much. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm excited about it.
2: Yes, you can purchase the book. You can learn about the book. There are excerpts from the book on the website, <coughs> my bio, and, and so on. Wonderful. Well, why
1: don't you take a moment, and I think you were going to read another excerpt for us. So I sure. l- I'd love to hear that.
2: Okay. Well, um, I would say that one of the best tools that I have uh, discovered and cultivated for my own uh, growth and healing through this journey is humor. Yes. Um, without the ability to laugh at myself, to, I can't take things lightly. I'm, I'm bogged down. I get bogged down in my right. emotion. And so learning how to lighten up, learning how to, to take a light touch um, with issues has been extraordinarily helpful, and it's something that I, that I try to cultivate um, every day. And so I'm going to read you an excerpt, that, uh, an excerpt that's called, Worrying is Not Just for Dogs. Okay. <laughs> it's amazing how critically important petty little issues can seem to me at the time they arise. Whenever my adult children tell me something troublesome that's going on in their lives, my immediate tendency is to jump into action as though they had called the paramedics instead of their mother. Often they just want to vent or process something that's happening, but I tend to convert this musing or sharing into an issue that calls for me to ride in on my white horse to rescue them from impending disaster. I turn their simple need for me to listen into a full-fledged cry for help, And then I start spewing unsolicited advice. This intrusion results in increased tension as my children understandably become defensive. When my son shared that he was paying just the interest on a credit card bill, I immediately launched into a lecture in the style of Jim Cramer or Susie Foreman with with fangs about what a terrible mistake this was, how he might as well be burning his money and how it will take him 20 years to pay off his bill. Luckily, he interrupted me. Mom, wait, you didn't let me finish. I've never done this before, and I'm only doing it for this one month. (laughs) (laughs) Subdued, I skulked away, tail between my legs. My tendency is to grab a hold of an issue and worry it like a dog worries a bone. After shaking and mangling and pulverizing it beyond recognition, it's not the issue that disappears, but rather my serenity. Today, I am training myself to breathe deeply and wait a while before saying anything after my children share with me. Often after a good night's sleep, the mountain has turned back into the molehill hill it always was. As I learn to stand back and observe my reaction before stepping in where I haven't been invited, I feel relieved. I'm sure my blood pressure, fingernails, and children are similarly grateful.
1: Oh, that was wonderful! You know, I, I, I. Re, it reminded me of many things I tell my clients when I talk about responding. And I always say to them, you know, if you breathe in, you can't talk. And so, if I just breathe in, it gives me good oxygen to the prefrontal lobe, and I might even decide not to say something. So that was I. That was very enjoyable. Thank you. That you're was welcome. awesome. I like that one.
2: And what you're speaking about is just one of a myriad of simple techniques that we can learn to to give ourselves a little space before we speak. I think that that's been a, a, it's a simple but not easy technique for parents to learn because our inclination. Is just to rush right in. Right. That issue that I mentioned, uh, that conversation that I had with my grandson about the big purchase he's considering. Yes, is a good example of that. I did not breathe. I did not pause. <laughs> <laughs> I, I exactly. walked into uh, why it was not a good idea, right. and he got defensive. And no wonder.
1: Well, so. I think this. I think this is really tough when. You know, it's this idea that, as parents, we're, like, requiring our children respect us. You know, that's just, you know, and, and when we do couples counseling, we are respecting each other. We're respecting our husbands. We're respecting our wives. And yes. so it's, it's, you know, it's this idea, though, that what about respecting our adult children?
2: Yes, exactly. What about uh, treating them with the same politeness that we would uh, so, uh, someone else's adult child? What exactly. About? What about being genuinely interested and, and listening well, listening deeply? Um, that's a set of skills that um, we have to learn how to apply in this context because uh, we don't necessarily see our children as clearly as we could.
1: Exactly. And it's difficult, you know, when we think about respecting their process, that, that we need to respect their mistake-making. We need to respect that they have every right as, as, as an adult well, you know, to really try to figure things out and do it their way, and if they fall flat on their face, then the best thing we can do as parents is not be ones that abandon them, but are willing to comfort, to love, to soothe, to encourage, to c- continue to help them to say, but, you know, we need to get up, and I'll do anything I can to help you with that. I believe in you. I have a lot of faith in you. I know you're going to get it. Absolutely. And, and it's tough when, when you're looking at it, and everything they're doing is not anything you respect.
2: hmm It sure is. Absolutely.
1: Very difficult.
2: I don't know if we have time for me to read you one other one, because I do have one that speaks specifically to that issue. Perhaps we don't have time.
1: Well, I think we only have a little bit over two minutes, so okay. do you, would it fit in
2: that? Um, maybe I can just tell you about okay. it. Okay,
1: that'd be awesome.
2: It has to do with when my son was a young man. He was 23 years old, and and he he was having a lot of struggles and um I kept bailing him out. I kept bailing him out with money and and in other ways, and I was resentful. And I had gone to a therapist to learn to be a more effective parent. And the the therapist was very wise, wiser than I, and she (laughs) asked me, can you imagine your son being financially responsible? And I immediately told her no. I didn't think that I could imagine him that way. And she said, well, that's as big a problem as his irresponsibility. Wow. Because as long as you treat him as though he's going to fail, he likely will continue to fail.
1: Interesting.
2: Yes, and that was uh, very eye-opening for me. And she, um, she really, she taught me how to shift our whole system, which I then, thank God, was able to do
1: right. um,
2: by teaching me an affirmation that I repeated until I, became, until I actually believed it, which was that I have every confidence in your ability to handle this situation on your own. Um, Wow! At first, I had no confidence in his ability, but eventually, I began to believe that those words could be true, and several months later, the next time he asked me for money, I was ready to calmly deliver that affirmation, and he was so stunned that he (laughs) sat in silence for several minutes. We both did. I still remember. We were in the car driving through what was then the dreamy drop, (laughs) and instead of my usual disdainful sigh, that's, uh, that's what I said, and he... He really began at that moment to to think that I believed in him, and I think that that was when he began to grow up.
1: It's amazing.
2: Um, I was able to empower him by providing encouragement, and now he's a he's a very high functioning man. He has a family and work he loves, and and he owns a home and has a four hundred one k and hasn't asked me for a dime in twenty years.
1: Well, I think that I you know as we close today, I, I think that is a really good parting. Um, thought for our listeners to really think about the difference in parenting adult children is truly believing in them and, and, and inspiring them and having faith and being that person that holds the torch for them and, and doesn't come in and do any condemnation or judgment or criticism, even if it's founded, it's just, it's just completely ineffective. So thank you for joining me today, Wendy, and you can find her at adultchildren.com. And I hope you all have a great week this week, and I hope this was encouraging for you.
0: This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate and spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay anytime at KPXQ1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on 1360 KPXQ.